Good morning, everyone. Uh, so I'm the new guy. <laughs> it's nice to meet all of you, to see all of your faces. And I'm so overjoyed to be here, to be your associate pastor here at St. Michael's, to assist Father, Father Raymond Courtright. Um, these past few days, spending with Father Courtright has been awesome. Um, he's an amazing pastor, amazing priest. I'm going to learn so much from him, and we, we've gotten along so well. And I, I think um, we're going to be a good team. And I'm just so happy to be back home in North Dakota. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just I'm taking these masses. I'm preaching all the masses this weekend to just to tell you more about myself so you can get to know me, get to know who this guy is, get to, get to trust me, and know how much I... I have already fallen in love with all of you in this parish. Um, you know, I've been uh, I've been in Colorado for 22 years, and now I'm back home in North Dakota. I grew up on a on a farm just outside of Esmond. Uh, has anybody been to Esmond? Heard of Esmond? Yeah, awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm part of. There's a lot of leaders in the Esmond area. I'm part of that large family up there, and uh, you know. Telling you about myself, really what I want to do, what the main goal is, really to tell you about how God has worked in my life, the miracles he's performed, which has brought me right here before you this day. Um, you know, I grew up in a loving, devout Catholic family. Uh, I'm the youngest of four. As I said, we grew up on a farm out there. Uh, my uh, my mom was a CCD teacher. You know, he we went to mass every Sunday, every holy day of obligation. But uh, then, when I left for college, I went to college at Jamestown, Jamestown College, or University of Jamestown. Now, I'm one of those kids that didn't take my faith with me, and uh, just stopped going to church, stopped practicing, which happens, which we see happening often now when young people as they're leaving home. Um, and that's how I lived my whole adult life, just uh, the secular world. Um, I was—I didn't have anything against the church. I just was indifferent, you know. Um, went to Jamestown on a football scholarship and graduated with a degree in computer science and business administration. I'm a techie, so I—I I, uh, I know computers pretty well. And I worked as a software engineer in Bismarck after graduating from Jamestown in 1998. Uh, I lived and worked in Bismarck for three years and then moved out to Colorado in 2001 and continued working in the, the tech industry out there. Um, again, just not paying attention to my faith or our Lord or our beautiful Catholic faith. But all that changed dramatically for me 12 years ago when my beloved mother, Marvelin, passed away after battling cancer for a year. And uh, I, came, I, was, I came home and I was with her a lot during that time. And uh, through that sorrowful experience, the Lord pierced my heart and brought me back to the faith and back to the church in just a radical, awesome way. The last five days, my mother was alive. Um, she was in the hospital and she was in a medically induced coma because the pain was getting too great. 
and I never left her side. And during that time, I started thinking deep thoughts about God, about life, about what happens after this life. Questioning myself, really, does God, do you exist? Is heaven for real? And I, but I knew, that at that point I knew, yes, heaven is for real, because I know my mom is going there. <laughs> um, and there's no doubt in my mind that my mother offered up all of her prayers and sufferings during that time for me to come back to the faith. And now I'm a priest. <laughs> Mothers and fathers out there, that's something for you to remember how powerful your prayers are for your children. The things you offer, your sufferings you offer up, your prayers you offer for your children, God hears them and he listens. He may not answer on our timeline, like, hurry up, Lord, <laughs> but his timing is perfect. Remember that. This is why, you know, I really have a devotion, a uh, strong devotion to St. Monica. You know, she was a mother of St. Augustine. And St. Augustine was, was not a, a Christian, a very good Christian most of his life. But his mother prayed for him for 20 years just to become a Christian. And what happened? He, <laughs> he became not only a Christian, but a priest, a bishop, and a doctor of the church, one of the greatest minds in human history. That's how God answers your prayers. Praise, thank the Lord for holy moms out there. So I, so I came back to the faith. I'm living in Denver. You know, after we buried my mother in a beautiful ceremony in in, uh, in Esmond, and and then I said, all right, I'm. I promised my mom that I would start going to church again. And uh, I found a beautiful big church near where I was living in Denver and, and started attending Mass, but I knew that wasn't enough. I had to reconcile myself with God again. Because I hadn't been to confession for 18 years. And I went into that confessional, and the priest was amazing. I told him my whole story. I said, Father, I don't know what to do. I don't remember. And he walked me through it. And I came out of that room a new man. And he gave me a 12-week penance. <laughs> 12 weeks, don't worry, I'm not going to do that here. But, uh, but it was the best thing ever. What he said was, he says, you know what, in the first, um, starting up in the first of the year, we're going to uh, have a Catholics come home classes on Saturday mornings here at that parish. And, and the deacon was teaching, Deacon Jerome, he said, would you be willing to start attending those classes? And I said, absolutely. Yeah, count me in. I started going to those on Saturday morning and got to know the deacon, Deacon Jerome, very well and befriended him. And it was great. Uh, got to meet people in the parish. And about eight weeks into it, Deacon Jerome asked me to, to talk to him after class. So uh, we were chatting after class that day, and he, he started asking me some funny questions. Uh, he said... He said, Derek, have you ever been married? I said, no. He says, you got any kids? I said, no. What are you getting at? <laughs> he says, have you ever considered the priesthood? I, well, I said, no, you're crazy. Why would I consider that? <laughs> but uh, 
that was it. He just had to plant the seed. And he asked me to consider it, pray about it, and talk, talk to people about it, talk to the vocation director. I was 36 at the time. Um, and he did it right there. You know, that's what, we don't have to make everything happen for people in the faith. We just need to plant seeds, brothers and sisters, and let the Holy Spirit take it from there. And that parish had a perpetual adoration chapel, and I was in there a lot, praying before our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. And that was my question to Jesus every time. Lord, are you calling me to be a priest? Is that what you want? If it is, please make it abundantly clear and give me the courage to say yes. And he did. He made it clear. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I do need to enter seminary and, uh, and discern this desire that the Lord has put on my heart. You know, the deacon saw that something was happening in my life, that I was having a radical change. And, and he said, God wants something from you. He's calling you to something big. So please consider the priesthood. And it didn't take long, about a year and a half um, discernment, and I entered the, I uh, filled out the application for the Archdiocese of Denver, and, and, your, and Archbishop Aquila, the former bishop here of Fargo, he accepted my application, and I entered the seminary, and um, did one year of studies in Denver, and then four years of theological studies out in Boston. And in five years, I was ordained a priest in Denver by, by Archbishop in 2018. And uh, my first assignment as an associate priest was up in the mountains in the Vale Valley with a three-parish collaborative up there. And I was an associate priest for one year, a little over one year, and then Archbishop said, I need you to be a pastor in Aspen, Colorado. <laughs> Aspen. This farm kid from North Dakota, the pastor of the only Catholic church in Aspen. Um, so that's where I've been the past four years. But now uh, my path on this vocation has brought me right here standing before you, and I'm so grateful. I, I'm, my reason for coming home is my dad, my dad Jerry. He's uh, 91 years old, and his health is declining. And I want to be home to be near him. To be, to be able to see him often and, and help take care of him. He's, uh, he's, very, he's very dear to me. And, um, and I talked to Archbishop Cola and Bishop Fulda, and, and they were so wonderful and understanding, and they, and they said, yeah, that you need to be home. You need to be close to your dad during this time. And they made it happen. And I'm, this is where I'm at. <laughs> and I'm so happy. Um, I am... Um, for 22 years, I've been losing my North Dakota accent out in Colorado, but it's going to come back in full force, I know, <laughs> after, after talking with all, of, all you beautiful people. And uh, I look forward to getting to know all of you so much and, and helping lead you to our common goal, our common journey, which is heaven, to, be, to live a life of holiness and virtue. And that is hard to do in this culture we live in now in the secular world out there that is pushing back against that. And that's, you know, I, I do want to touch base on one thing in the gospel today that Jesus, Jesus says that is so powerful. And, and let me go back up to the ambo here and get my notes. And, you know, it's an uphill battle 
in this world really to live a virtuous and God-fearing and God-centered life in a world that is always pressing against us in our commission to build up the kingdom of God here on earth. That's what we're going to do here at this parish family, the family of St. Michael's, our goal. But how do we do it? You know, how do we carry this heavy burden of discipleship in the world? Well, brothers and sisters, I think Christ gives us the answer to today's gospel. And to preface that, let me, uh, let me tell you about a priest friend of mine who told me a story about a time he was shopping at a, a secondhand furniture store, and he noticed a very unique mirror that drew his attention. And it had various Christian symbols carved into the frame. One symbol was a Bible. Another looked like an image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. But right in the center, at the top of the frame, was an image of an ox carrying a cross. You know, at first, I thought that was a strange and funny image. I mean, what's that supposed to mean? Is it portraying Jesus as an ox? Well, actually, yes, it is. And it makes sense when you think about it. You know, in today's gospel, Jesus refers to himself as an ox. Not directly, but in an indirect way. Recall his words. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For my yoke is easy and my burden light. You know, the image of a yoke comes from oxen pulling heavy equipment. You know, like pulling a plow through a field or a pulling a large wagon and a yoke you know it's that wooden cross piece that is fastened over the neck and shoulders of the ox and the plow or the cart is attached to that yoke and by ropes or beams and and allowing the animals to pull and carry that heavy load you know there's a couple things interesting to reflect on here you know just think about that that animal, that oxen, they, they're practically made to carry a heavy burden. They're huge animals. You know, they can weigh up to 3,000 pounds. And they can pull an amount equal to or greater than their own weight. You know, that's a lot of weight one creature can carry, 3,000 pounds. So God, he designs the ox to be in a way that that beast of burden the one who can carry a heavy load so Jesus describing himself then as an ox is pointing out that he as well is made to carry heavy burdens he's made to carry our burden of sin our burdens of brokenness and death so if we, my friends, if we are, are carrying around sin and stress, sadness, or something really difficult for us, the Lord wants to take that weight off of you. He wants to help you carry it. He, he is stronger than us. He is like that ox who can carry an enormous amount of weight. And Jesus gives himself to us for this purpose, to carry our burdens. 
You know, another interesting thing to point out is the image of, of the yoke itself. You know, yokes are typically made as a tandem unit. One crossbeam that goes over the neck and shoulders of two oxen side by side who pull the weight together. So that image makes the message of Jesus even more powerful. You know, Jesus doesn't want to just take the load off of us. He actually wants to walk side by side with us. He wants you and I to carry the load with him. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So he's implying that he's got the yoke ready. We just need to step in next to him so he can carry that burden, that cross with us. And when we do that, then we learn how to walk side by side with Jesus throughout life. You know, my friends, we just, we just celebrated Independence Day this past week. And today we show our patriotism and, and give thanks and praise to God for the freedoms we have in our country. But we must always remember there are no shortcuts to freedom and salvation. Discipleship comes at a cost. It's a weight to carry, but it is so worth it. Because then you know it's real. And Jesus is right there beside each and every one of us. So call out to him, reach out to him, take his yoke, allow him to, to help you carry your weights and burdens. Because when you do that, Jesus promises that your burdens will seem light and you will find that you can endure and accomplish anything that God wills in this world through the power of the Spirit living inside of you. Amen.